Hello, everybody. I'm Kathy Yang. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. The Philippine government approves a proposal to rehabilitate the country's main gateway. This as it catches up on spending to meet its growth target for 2019. Warren de Guzman reports. The 102 billion peso proposal of the Philippines' seven biggest conglomerates to rehabilitate the Ninoy Aquino International Airport has finally been approved by government's investment coordination committee. The so-called NAIA consortium filed the unsolicited proposal in February 2018. Socioeconomic Planning Secretary Ernesto Pernia says the next hurdle for the consortium is a Swiss challenge. If the Swiss challenge starts, uh, you know, shortly after, like uh, October 1st. Then uh, you count 60 days, uh, uh, perhaps by uh, uh, early December, uh, the, uh, either the Swiss, challenge, uh, the Swiss challenger wins or uh, he or she loses. And so the, it go, uh, the NIA consortium will go ahead. One important thing about the uh, PPP project is uh, we don't want the government to have... Uh, uh, to provide direct subsidy, uh, warranty, or any guarantee of any kind. Direct uh, guarantees. Another major project approved, the Pasakao Balatan Coastal Tourism Highway. While the Aboitis Infracapital proposal to rehabilitate and operate the Bohol Panglao Airport was sent back for revisions. Pernia, however, says that project should be approved as well very soon. The Philippine government has been ramping up its spending in a bid to meet its 6 to 7% growth target for the year. Pernia says hitting that target is still possible. And Trade Secretary Ramon Lopez says growth could even hit 6.1 to 6.2% on the back of a strong third quarter showing. Uh, we expect it to be strong, much stronger than the first two quarters because the budget has been out. So I think on that basis, uh, exports has been posting... 3.5, 3.3% and June, 3.5 in July. So, maganda rin yung exports. There are many, however, who doubt growth will be higher than 6%. With due respect to Secretary Pernia, uh, maybe 2019 is a write-off already. We're looking forward to them implementing, uh, them going more full-blown uh, spending uh, next year. The latest data from government show public spending rose nearly 9% in August and primary expenditures net of interest payments was up 13.6%, signaling a pickup in disbursements. Spending is now up about 1% year-on-year in the first eight months of 2019. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine Central Bank announces its own stimulative move Friday, reducing the bank's reserve requirement ratio by 100 basis points, effective the first week of November. This should encourage banks to lend more in support of economic activity, especially when coupled with lower borrowing costs, which are down a total of 75 basis points so far this year. The Central Bank cut the triple R by 2% between May and July. I spoke with Westpac Banking's Francis Chung earlier today, and she said the central bank does indeed have more room for reserve racial reductions. 
focus is not really only on interest rate cut, but for example, the reserve ratio, which uh, they didn't do it at the same time with the interest rate cut, but structurally, uh, there is also further room for the reserve ratio cut. The Philippine peso outperforms most currencies in Asia, despite the recent easing of monetary policy by Manila Central Bank. As Ron Cruz tells us, other factors are contributing to the local currency's stability. Most Asian currencies were little changed on Friday as investors weighed the political situation in the United States and waited for developments in the U.S.-China trade front. Rising above the pack was the Philippine peso, which leapt five-tenths of a percent to close at 51 pesos and 88 centavos. This following the Philippine Central Bank's 25 basis point rate cut Thursday. But Westpac Banking's Francis Chung says the local currency remains relatively unaffected by the central bank's monetary easing, pointing instead to the country's low inflation and the low interest environment across the globe. Because the global uh, interest rate environment is a low one, so uh, some search for new flows are being, uh, acting as like a buffer to try to support the FX in the region. The benign inflation also set a quite favorable backdrop for monetary easing, especially at a time when support to growth is needed. So uh, we are also expecting further easing from the BSP. BDO Unibank's Jonas Ravelas adds the current conditions here at home and abroad should continue to give the Philippine Central Bank the ability to provide accommodative policy without any consequences on the currency. Another analyst, John Mangan, agrees, citing other factors for the peso's movement. The Philippine peso is rock solid because there is an absolute balance between money coming into the country and money going out of the country. Chang, however, notes since remittance inflows have failed to plug the country's trade gap deficit, there could still be some markup in pressure of the dollar to the peso on a month-to-month -month horizon. In the short term, because of the search for yields, the peso could be relatively stable. However, when markets start to focus more on the trade gap or, or the current account deficit, there would be some upward pressure. The next resistance we are looking for dollar peso is 52.6. But towards the year end, uh, we cannot rule out that the pair can go up to uh, as high as 52.9. Still, Mangum believes a peso remains solid, saying it's neither the strength nor the weakness of a currency that businesses look for, but its stability. That's the key to a currency because that is the way that businesses and individuals can plan for the future is they know that the peso is solid. In spite of the rate decreases, which by conventional wisdom should have seen a weakening of the peso, the peso is rock solid. Investors now looking forward to the September inflation print due out October 4th and two more monetary board meetings before the end of the year. Ron Cruz, ABS-CBN News. Philippine shares have shrugged off the central bank's latest rate cut Friday, falling by nearly 1% to underperform the rest of Asia. As Michelle Long tells us, the local market also ended lower for the week. Philippine shares fell in Friday's trade, seemingly shrugging off the rate cut delivered by the Philippine central bank the day before. The index closing at 78.19, down for the day and down for the second week. Maybe uh, funds being recycled out of the market to get ready and uh, take bigger stake in uh, the upcoming IPOs. You have a couple of uh, decent-sized IPOs that, and you know, 
market liquidity has not really been there over the past uh, few weeks. So people positioning maybe for the IPOs. I think uh, people were happy with the price levels. The Philippine stock market has ignored low inflation, good uh, economic numbers, and a reduction of interest rates. Uh, it's not going to have any effect. The only question right now that uh, we have to wait and see the answer to is, uh, is the PSC in a coma or is it merely asleep? The volume is ridiculous. We have no volume on this exchange to, to speak of. Value turnover also remained low. Next week, we get inflation data. And the week after, two IPOs are happening. Coconut producer Accelum and Manny Villar's All Hall, both already lowering their IPO prices to reflect the market weakness. Meanwhile, Finma Corp subsidiary Phil Cement, which is behind the Union Cement brand, is taking over some of the assets of Ciasia Nectar Port Services, including right-to-pair facilities and the land it's currently leasing for its Bataan processing terminal for 800 million pesos. The cement processing terminal and the port facilities are expected to be operational by the fourth quarter of the year and will help improve efficiencies. Before this, the group also announced it's investing $50 million in Vietnam's biggest privately owned cement company, Visay, through its unit, Song Lam Cement. And Dennis Ois Phoenix Petroleum has hit the 650 mark in its network of stations with the opening of four new branches in Muntinlupa and Las Piñas. The group says this is just the start of its expansion efforts focusing in the south of the metro. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. The Philippine government's debt rose to 7.93 trillion pesos at the end of August, mainly driven by currency movements and increased bond issuances. Data from the Treasury Bureau shows national government debt is almost 2 percent or over 135 billion pesos higher than in the previous month. Broken down, external debt made up most of the increase, rising over 113 billion pesos or over 4 percent because of currency fluctuations and the availment of foreign loans. Meanwhile, domestic debt rose over 21 billion pesos to the net issuances of government securities. A weaker peso also increased the value of onshore dollar bonds. The Philippine ICT department wants a bigger budget for 2020 amid increasing investments in the local telco space. But as this report tells us, an expert urges authorities to be cautious in agreements that pose national security risks. Collaboration between the public and private sectors, front and center, at a forum in the Philippines' capital, focusing on how digitalization can help solve the country's problems. There, Philippine Information and Communications Technology Secretary Gregorio Honasan III pushed for a bigger budget for his department. This year, the ICT department was allocated 4.3 billion pesos, or $82 million, or a tenth of a percent of the whole $72 billion budget. It's proposing a budget of 36.3 billion pesos or nearly 700 million dollars for 2020. Connectivity. Yeah. Connect government to other governments, domestic and global. Government to business, especially economic activity. Government to the citizens and everybody to each other. Meron tayong dalawang satellite slot na hindi natin ginagamit. That's good. kami ng budget para ma-activate natin. Government must have its own emergency communication systems. Aside from satellites, the DICT is also pushing for the activation of 111 nodes of the National Grid Corporation's dark fiber network to boost connectivity in the country. For Dindo Manhit, CEO and managing director of Stratbase Group, the organizer of the forum, 
both the public and private sectors should prioritize cybersecurity amid the increasing investments in telco. We just have to be uh, cautious in terms of uh, when we open up uh, this ICT sector, public services to this sector, that there will be no, no hidden yes. objective. We just have to be concerned on what could be a threat to the day-to-day -day lives of the general public. That was his answer to a question about concerns over the Armed Forces of the Philippines agreement with the country's third major telco player, Dito Telecommunity, that would allow the telco to place its infrastructure on military installations. Industry observers expressed concerns over the deal, as Dito is backed by a Chinese state-owned company, China Telecom, in partnership with local billionaire Dennis Uy. Manasan says the public can expect the AFP to do the right thing. Trust our armed forces to adapt due diligence. Hindi naman yung bulag silang pumasok dyan. The Philippine Trade Department teams up with local fintech firms to digitize some government transactions. This in a bid to improve the country's global ease of doing business ranking. Warren de Guzman returns with this report. The Philippine Trade Department, together with the Bureau of Treasury, signed deals with the Land Bank of the Philippines, Ayala-led GCash, and PLDT-led PayMaya, enabling e-payment options for fees related to business name registration at the DTI. Trade Secretary Ramon Lopez is hoping this development will help bump up the Philippines in the global rankings for ease of doing business. We are continuing with these EODB reforms, and you know, in the World Bank ranking, that competitiveness survey, 10 indicators shown. Number one, First indicator palang starting a business. That starting a business, we don't rank high there ever since. But because of those, you know, it requires so many number of days and, you know, per, per, you have to go to DTI, SEC. Sa DTI, walang problema. Nine minutes, you are registered under this system. The Philippines ranked 124th out of 190 economies in the last ease of doing business ranking of the World Bank, published in November 2018. That was 11 notches lower compared to the previous year. The World Bank is expected to release a new report within the next few months. Meanwhile, Paymaya CEO Orlando Vea says they are working with several other government agencies toward similar agreements. Some are already uh, on board. Uh, if you go to the Pagibig site, uh, to the PRC side, Professional Regulations Commission, to the DO, DOST side. The others are coming in the next, uh, yeah, ongoing, uh, before the year ends. I think we'll have around uh, maybe 15 to 20 agencies and LGUs. We're also talking to uh, the city of Manila, as well as the Quezon City, no? and uh, several other LGUs. No? For the next six months, Landbank, GCash, and PayMaya will process business name registration fees for free. After that, they will start charging convenience fees on top of expenses related to the business name registration. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. Philippine President Rodrigo Duterte will hold his fourth bilateral talks with his Russian counterpart, Vladimir Putin, when he visits Russia next week. Foreign Affairs Assistant Secretary Maria Belinda Aquino says the visit scheduled from October 1 to 5 is upon Putin's invitation. It will be Duterte's second trip to Russia after his May 2017 visit was cut short due to the Marawi crisis. 
And before we go, a simple innovation in air travel that could help ensure a quiet plane ride. Japan Airlines has introduced a feature in its online booking system that shows where toddlers are seated in the plane. In the baby seat map, passengers who are traveling with children under two years old will have a child icon displayed in their seats on the seat selection screen. This gives people who are not particularly fond of sitting next to babies a chance to avoid them. Netizens are mixed in the new tool, with some expressing gratitude, while some want a seat map for obnoxious travelers, like those with body odor, who remove their shoes or drink too much, or maybe talk too much as well. For more features and other behind the scenes, visit news.abs-cbn.com and my social media accounts on Instagram, Twitter, my Facebook page. I look forward to hearing from you. And that's it for today. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.